0: Welcome to Untangling Christianity. On this show, John and Greg attempt to diffuse destructive ideologies, unsnarl confused ideas, consider love and truth in Christianity. We hope you'll come along for the conversation, and you can be part of that conversation by leaving comments at the website, untanglingchristianity.com slash 66. You'll also find related notes and links for this episode at the same place. I'm John Polstra. And I'm Greg Monteith. Today we have an interesting question posed by a listener in a recent email. It was around the idea and the question of how to be involved with or partner with a church without compromising views that we might hold that are different from the church and still be challenged by the church. And I think what they meant by challenged in this case was they're growing deeper in their faith and uh, growing as a Christian by being involved with their church, a lo- like a local church. Or maybe said slightly a different way, how can we partner with the church because uh, this person believes that you know, God is, is at work for the good through the local church, but not give up on the things that they stand for or they think are right. So, they're in the process of still kind of working this out for themselves. Their current thinking is that it may not be possible and they thought it might be something interesting for us to discuss, which I heartily agree with. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a result of kind of their their situation, so the so the backstory here is that they hold a different view on one of the church sacraments. And as a result, they had to step down from a group that they were leading. Now they consider this particular sacrament to be important, but hold a different view from their church in terms of its tangible outworking. So I think this again. I think this raises some important questions that often get glossed over, with the answers kind of assumed. And you know what happens when you assume? So <laughs> I think this raises. So here, this I, I've been thinking. I kind of mulled this over for a while this morning, and I, I think it raises maybe three questions. Maybe there's ten. We'll just see where we get here. So the first question I think it raises is, what is, quote, the church? And two, I think it raises, what is a Christian's responsibility to that church? Mm-hmm. And then the question that's already been raised here, how can a person be involved in a local church when they hold different views, and can this be productive? So, where would you like to go with that?
1: Oh my gosh! Well, um, I mean, I think we—I think your questions are good. I, I would probably want to dig right into the issue and, and and kind of work out the idea of what is the church as as we go. I mean, I think we could say, or maybe just give a one-liner. You know, what is the church? The church is supposed to be, I think, on the one hand, the gathering together of those who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Christian church. Of course, it's also composed of those who might believe that, those who are interested in believing about, about that, those who are, in other words, in some some place along a, a trajectory towards believing that and sometimes away from b- believing that, right? There are still there are people in the church who may be less and less uh, believing that, and yet they're still there. So it's a it's hopefully it's a place where that kind of gamut of Perspective around the the notion that jesus uh, person called Jesus Christ described in the Christian Bible is in fact as this text as this you know the uh, the writings of the text typically claim is is the Son of God.
0: see, I think this one is a tricky one just to start off because of my experience of arguing with people and feeling judged by them because mm. <laughs> i don 't go to a official church right now. Is that that where the judgment piece comes in? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's the idea. Well, so it's this sense of if you were to really try to nail them down and be like, well, what is a church? Well, it's a gathering of believers. Well, it's this, it's kind of this implicit, nobody would ever want to go on record as saying it per se, but it Mm kind of has to happen at an official place. It has to have some level of officialness to it. You know, it has to be, they have to meet somewhere. Now, it doesn't have to be a church per se. It could be a school or an, an extra, you, you know, multi-purpose room. But right. there's some, and this really pushes my buttons. It makes me frustrated, as you might be able to tell. There's there's something about it that makes it official, but if you were to be like, okay, well, you know, do you have to have deacons and elders? Does that make it official? No, but it's got to meet. It's got to be something official. Otherwise, you're not quote going to church. I mean, you you can't have church with just like two people that believe in God. Well, maybe you can. I mean, I don't know. And then you know, it, it just to me, it's one of those topics that's kind of a little slippery. It's kind of like the people in the the, the people. I'm going to say the people in the church or Christians will say, well, mm. you have to be. Part of a – I've totally lost my thought where I was going with that. Anyway, what were you going to say?
1: Well, I mean this is interesting because you you, you said you're talking about it being – you're talking about the idea that typically comes across from Christians centering on this notion of officialness. It's got to be somehow official and it sounds like it's – official is more than just like we meet at a certain time so people don't come and they – hey, we're not there. But it's a place or maybe not. Is it? Does it involve some like? Um, but you said sort of leadership, but maybe not. Does it involve sort of a? I don't know, some sort of a credentialed person who yeah, is that in definitely, charge of teaching.
0: No, that definitely adds some validity to it. Okay, but it, this comes back to you know. This is one of my hobby horses. It's kind of like the people with, at least in my experience, the people with the strongest personalities that can argue the loudest get to define what church is and if you don't meet what church is then you're sinning you know there's you're in violations of hebrews ten twenty five, which says that you know you can't forsake the gathering with other believers and so that's where i've often that's where i felt judged it's like well they get to define what church is and if you're not meeting it then you're sinning and well, you know that's between you and god but by the way it's my job to make you feel guilty and remind you that you're sinning <laughs> So there's like there's like there's all these different dynamics going on that just they don't feel fair to me. Okay, I want to try to get a better handle on that because I'm I'm going in a lot of directions here this morning.
1: (laughs) Well, we are. No, this is good. I'm sure we're going to get where we want to go. But I'm still not clear on where the kind of the rub is for you. You're saying that they get to define what church is, but you're also saying that their definition is rather loose it is yes yes so 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 that doesn't seem to be as big of a problem to me like if somebody says somebody's
0: in charge of defining well they well it's like they're talking out of both sides of their mouths on the one hand they want to say well it has to be official and they're you know it's it's got to be it has to have some level of officialness but then if you're like well where are you getting that from and be like well you know the early church and the bible talks about this and that and it's like yeah but there's no you can't refer to any specific Well, to me, it'd be another misuse of the Bible, but you can't point to a specific place in the Bible and be like, oh yeah, here's the section where it tells exactly how you're supposed to be doing church. Okay.
1: So, so you think they're taking too much, they're, they're claiming too much authority here. Yes. What's the impact on you of them doing that? A total
0: alienation because for me as someone that has not found church to be helpful, (laughs) I'm it's like I'm, I'm not sure if it's the right term, but it's like I feel like I'm in double jeopardy. It's like I'm, <sighs> I'm supposed to be there, but I find it totally unhelpful. And because I'm not there, I'm
1: sinning because I'm not there. So I'm supposed to be there. So, <laughs> But you but you have no input into how to do it. Like you have no input into how to do church. And well, so no, f- because
0: that that's not our job. That comes from God. God tells us, you know, we can't just make that up ourselves. I mean, God tells us the right way to do it. And we just need to follow it. I see. By clear, so, by by getting, a, you know, by just a simple reading of what's in the Bible, you know, you just take what's there and and apply it. Right. Just, just don't think about you're you're thinking about this way too hard, you know, just just, you know, just be like the early church and everything'll be great.
1: Okay. So you're seeing people coming up with an idea of what church is about based on not too much structure and not too much information in the New Testament. And not only are they coming up with the ideas and they're kind of laying out what it looks like and what it doesn't look like, but you're required to attend, even though you don't find it helpful. And by the way, you don't have much of a voice, if, all, if at all. Yeah, it's pretty well put. Okay. Yeah, I, I'd be kind of annoyed with that. If I mean, I would think on the one hand, if it works out well for everybody, great. But as we know, life doesn't always work out well for everybody. No, and so, I and I
0: will be – and I would – I would should make a big disclaimer here that my views here are heavily influenced by the God journey podcast and Wayne Jacobson. Like he's, Mm -hmm. he's pretty, (laughs) I've listened to him for years and I, I can't find fault with his views here. I just think he's onto something that the quote institutional church has been come too caught up in, I don't know, establishing its legitimacy and that, this is where it has to happen, and it has to happen this way. And
1: I just, yeah. So if it's in that, that sounds like again what uh, the whole notion of other these people, whoever they are, uh, coming up with the notion, the official notion, whatever they, that official sense is of what church is, they're also in charge of. Uh, you no, know, the big job is uh, legitimating themselves or legitimating the church that they're creating. So,
0: yeah, and I think
1: I mean I don't that's know. What I hear you saying. Right,
0: and I don't know. So this this person that wrote in, I don't know them personally. I have no idea what their Mm. their church is like, Mm -hmm. but I'm hunching that their church would consider church important, and that it needs to happen in some official capacity. Right, and so and so. So I think so. That you know, the other questions that this raises in terms of you know. How can how can we partner with and be involved with a church without compromising our views? Uh, probably no surprise to anyone. I'm going to go totally cynical and negative on that and just say it's impossible. Like I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not going to one 'cause because I don't think it's possible. Now I'm briefly talking to you. You are much more optimistic, so I'm kind of curious to delve into what you think on that and why why you're much more optimistic and or maybe what you think because I know I so what is the church I think that definition can be much broader than people make it what is Christian Mm -hmm. what is a Christian's responsibility to that church again if if it all depends on how you answer the first question true true and I'm not content with saying it's an official institution
1: And when you say official institution, you mean necessary or required by by a Christian faith? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I guess that whole idea of gathering and whether gathering means church or gathering doesn't necessarily mean church is a big, um, yeah, is a big question there. In
0: other words, I I think there's a baked-in assumption. mm -hmm. Like, I'm guessing from this listener's email, and I'm— Again, I don't know them at all, but maybe kind of channeling my own experience. There's, and I grew up in this for years, there's just kind of this implicit assumption and expectation that as a Christian, you go to a church and you, and beyond that, you shouldn't just be going to that church and being one of those people that just shows up and doesn't do anything. I Mm -hmm. mean, you really need to be contributing in some way too.
1: Right. And you're also, I mean, I think is the implication, what I'm hearing from what you're saying is the implication, too, is you are already set within a hierarchy. And you are not at the top of that hierarchy. You are not necessarily a decision maker when it comes to this church, let alone a, a pivotal decision maker. Right? No, but, no, because,
0: no, because that all loops back to this idea that we can't create what we want or what we like. I mean... Mm-hmm we are sinful and fallen and left to our own devices. We'll choose all the wrong things. So we need to be looking to something higher, to a higher authority to God. And, you know, the pastor in the church is kind of a more physical outworking of that, um, Mm -hmm. help to us. That's how it would be explained. Anyway. I, yeah, my views on that are, uh, (laughs) changing and, uh, not so convinced. Okay.
1: Well, that's that's good. I mean, yeah, you've you've kind of given a a pretty uh, detailed picture, which is really helpful. I think. Uh, I guess on the one hand, I am more optimistic, though that might be in a bit of a, in a certain way related to, this situation that I'm in, which is a little, which is probably a lot different than most people going to a church. I'll give you. I'll give you maybe just a little example of where where I'm coming from. Uh, so I'm here. I'm still in Switzerland. I'm at Libri. One of the wonderful things about this place is that what would be a very unique conversation, or what would be unique conversations, what would be unusual and unexpected conversations about philosophy, about any any subject, but they're but they all kind of weave in the relevance or not, the importance or not, the sense or not of Christianity that might relate to that topic. And of course, we're certainly talking about Christianity itself, and we're talking about theology itself, and exegesis, and all these other things. So I went over for a meal, and I had no intention of doing so, but I got caught up in conversation that I thought would last about a half an hour. The conversation lasted four hours. It was a day off. It wasn't part of a four-hour conversation. Now this was fascinating to me fascinating and I'm there with a uh, one of the students a very bright guy and uh talking with a newcomer and a newcomer not only uh you know most of the the I would say the average age right now is hovering around 26 27 most of the people there have an undergraduate degree some of them have graduate degrees or professional degrees this person uh, was quite different in the sense that she, uh I'm guessing, would be somewhere between 65 and 75. And she'd also just arrived. And she had some very strong views. And so as I began to talk with her, what I began to notice is that it was incredibly difficult for me to do much by way of Persuading her that there might be something to look at. Let me say it again to relook at in what she was presenting. And I stuck in the conversation a long time because I really wanted to get the sense of who was guiding, who, is, who was driving this conversation. And this all, this all links back in um, to what we're talking about. And I realized at about the three hour mark or the two and a half hour mark, I realized she's driving this conversation. I'm offering some things, and uh, but I'm not sure what she's picking up, what she's not picking up. By driving, She's offering some things back to me, right? By
0: driving, you mean she had a point that she uh, – she, she needed the conversation. She, uh, she was advocating a particular point of view and it needed
1: to go in the direction that she believed? I don't think she had that sort of pretension. I think she kind of understood right away that she was not going to win us over. I think that became clear right away, but she had a need to keep the conversation going. And sometimes I have a need to keep a conversation going. Sometimes I don't have quite as many of these conversations because, uh, you know, as a family being here, I have responsibilities to my family. I am not immersed in student life fully as, uh, one of the students would be. Um, so. Do you think it was
0: that she was, she kept talking because she wanted to be
1: heard? Um sort of i the sense i got was she was not so much looking to be heard in the sense of you're not understanding me or you're not giving me airspace but there was a need to legitimate she was trying to legitimate her perspective and we were i think myself and this one other fellow who stuck all the way through to the end of the conversation we were i think very gracious and, uh, you know, questioning and then of course also responding and being critical and saying, you know, I don't see it that way. And in fact, I, these are the problems I might see with that view. The way this ties in or the reason this ties in, I'm sitting with a 65 year old, let's say 70 year old woman who has a lot of life experience and who has taken a lot of time. She's been a Christian for some, some years. She's taken a lot of time to formulate these views and i'm not those 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 are all compliments those aren't negative comments, but she's not a pastor. If I walk into a church and i'm trying to have a discussion, I think this is something that most pastors don't I, I i don't i don't know if they get it honestly and I think this is one of the biggest things to really think about if you're in a leadership position in a church, particularly a teaching leadership position It's one thing to be a deacon and to have power and authority vested in you. It's another thing to be on the pastoral staff or the, perhaps the sole pastor of a church. and Deacons uh, may step down or they may not. But When you are no longer a pastor in a church, typically that means you've left the church. While you were there, that power rests with you and that authority rests with you the entire time, typically. And the point I'm making is that it was remarkably difficult to talk with this woman. I've been studying some of these things for years and thinking about them for years and and have done graduate work on them and et cetera, et cetera. And we were having a conversation. I didn't expect to change her mind, but it was interesting to me just how entrenched her views were. And um, the fellow I was, you know, the other student there, the student who was there with me, we spoke later and he said, you know, that was incredibly difficult for me. It was, it was painful and hurtful because she represented perspectives that I'm, I've been brought up with and these have caused me a lot of harm. And he said, and he did a great job, but it was amazing to me because I'm sitting in the room with him, listening to him and thinking, wow, you're really doing a great job here. Not knowing the impact on him, not knowing his kind of emotional state as he's talking with this woman so i can imagine i'm guess i'm drawing a, a parallel between even somebody who is really well spoken and he was in his you know late 20s right early 30s so he's not a he's not an 18 year old or or 21 year old he's got a lot of life experience he's done a lot of schooling and he's thought through a lot of these issues quite a bit and so i mean i'm i guess i'm being sensitive to what you're saying john and on the one hand for me i am optimistic but part of that optimism is based on the fact that at least theologically and in terms of training, I can stand toe to toe with any of the pastors that I know. I mean, I probably I've done more training in, in certain areas, much more than some of them. And I, I, you know, that's not something to bring out or matter of pride. It's simply saying there's a certain reality to my background which allows me to feel more comfortable in a situation where somebody with less training and less information might feel less comfortable. Right? Okay. If you have a sense that something's not quite right. Or if you have a sense of, you know, maybe you disagree on a certain subject, um, for most people, it, it can be a very awkward thing at very least to try to present that. And so my first call is to say, yes, I am optimistic about the church, but a lot of that has to come down to how the leadership, and particularly the pastor, what their orientation is, right? But go back go back a little bit. So you, you said you
0: were... I can't remember the words you used the sense that this lady was really entrenched in her position and you couldn't quite get over that. Couldn't she have walked away with the same impression of you guys, the, the you and this other guy? Like man, they they
1: were totally entrenched in their position and they wouldn't budge at all. She might have, but I guess the one thing that the thing that I noticed is she was prepared to sit there all day. You know, like you, you like when I told you how long the conversation was. You've been here; you're very familiar with this place. And I heard a kind of intake of (laughs) breath or a sense of astonishment. Yeah, like four hours. I can I could usually hang with someone for an hour or two at the
0: most, but after that, I'm just (laughs) I had to move on.
1: Yeah, four hours. Like so, you know, everyone who uh, stays at Swiss Libri is accustomed to having meal discussions, formal meal discussions that might last an hour to an hour 45, maybe two, uh, a lecture that might have the same duration, but you're never going to come across a four hour situation. And this was a four hour, very kind of very present, no breaks, uh, no interruptions. And it was remarkable to me at what, at the, to note within myself that at a certain point, probably about the two hour 45 mark, I began to have this growing sense of unease and she may have thought I was entrenched and we, and I certainly thought she was entrenched. I guess the the difference is, um, I was happy to listen to what she had to say. You know, and interestingly enough, I was having a conversation with this other student. She came and wanted to join and then took the conversation in a very, she hijacked the conversation. Um, so maybe that's another point to add in there. But I think the, the the difference is is that she needed to communicate that to us. There was a sense of needing to legitimate that. And I'm going to make another connection here. As a pastor, not just a leadership group, not just a deacon or an elder, but as a pastor, as a teaching representative within that particular church, I think it's very, very important Not to take the stance that that woman took, or if you're going to do so, for example,
0: I'm still not clear what the stance was. I'm still stuck on. I'm still stuck on. Well, she's entrenched in her position. You guys are entrenched in yours. How? Why is your approach more effective than hers? Like, why? What? The the sense I'm getting is that she was doing it wrong, but I'm not real clear on like what she was doing wrong. What
1: she needed to do. Was make us understand then and there what her point was, and she wanted that point to have purchase. What's wrong with that? After th- after you've got a clear sense that that's not happening, back down. So what I did is I said, "Oh, so the horse is tr-
0: dead." So she's made her point about whatever you guys were talking about,
1: and then she's just beating the the horse that's already dead. Is that? I think it's more than beating the horse that's already dead. I think that there is an orientation within her that says. I've got the truth here. And I'm not letting you go until oh, you know okay. that I've got the truth. Whether you are willing to say, Hey, you got the truth or whether you won't say it. Whether now you're I'm... big enough to hear this or not, I'm gonna keep talking and get louder.
0: Oh, okay. No, now she she I'm get totally louder. getting it. Because I'm like, well, Greg would say
1: he's got the truth too. Like, what's the difference here? Okay. Yeah. So she didn't she didn't get louder, right? And and this is this is again something to, to be really conscious of. I think for people who are in leadership positions in the church, particularly teaching leadership, you don't have to get loud to be insistent in a way that's not respectful. You know, she kept giving us examples and kept giving us examples, and I thought, okay, well, this is good. I appreciate you're being open with this. And but at a certain point, it became very clear to me that what we were doing is we if we chose to do if we chose to go on we were engaging in a medium term conversation by which i mean the only way that there was going to be any movement because you know 4 hours is more than enough time to lay out a position i understand pretty clearly where she's coming from i i hope she understands pretty clearly where i'm coming from but if there's going to be movement then that movement will take place over time and that movement will develop through the course of the developing of our relationship. Now unfortunately this person's only here for 2 days. And as we both know, not two a good days sign. <laughs> is a drop in the bucket.
0: Yeah. She's Not a I should qualify it. It's not that it's not a good sign, it's just that in my experience of being there, 2 days is 2 days is like showing up for 15 minutes. Like Yeah. And unless you've been there and experienced it, it it's really hard to describe and understand, but yeah, visiting for two days is like dropping in on a conversation for 15 minutes and thinking that you've got the gist of everything and, oh, let me get my response. It's just, right. It's, it's a very unique place and a very unique experience. That's the only way I know how to put it. Yeah.
1: And I don't, I don't falter for wanting to come into the conversation. And I think she was, she was trying to offer something and I appreciate that she's, Let's just call her, let's just say she's 70. You know, uh, 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 she's done things and been places in her life by virtue of her age. You know, I'm only 45. What do I know? Well, I know some things. Um, but I clearly haven't lived those extra 25 years and that might make a, make a difference, right? So I want to, I'm aware of her and I'm aware of those extra 25 years and I want to sort of, uh, you know, pay attention to what she's saying. But I, I, the parallel I'm drawing here is that we need to be very careful. You know, I, I would say, given another four weeks in this in this environment, if she were open, and she's not just gonna, you know, not just to me, uh, because I didn't I didn't whisper to the fellow beside me, the student, and say, by the way, I think there are some problems here, and here is what they are. <laughs> you know, he picked up on them right away right? And then, you know, I might have seen different ones or the same, but I think if this person were here over the course of four weeks, she might be in the position where she would have to either back down on some of her claims or she'd have to say something that would contradict some of her claims like, the Bible's not important. I can claim what I claim, doesn't matter what the Bible says. Well, most Christians aren't willing to go there. So I'm still not, I feel like I've
0: got like 60% of what you're trying to get across here, but I'm not getting the rest. What would, and maybe, so what would have been a more, in this four hour conversation, Mm -hmm. what would have been, from your perspective, what would have been a more effective tact or direction for her to have gone in the conversation? Like, where, what was, what would have made it effective as opposed to ineffective?
1: Well, again, I don't know, given what seemed to be, a real, a really big need to legitimate her perspective. I don't know that she could have gone anywhere else. So in other words, I really am being serious when I'm saying I think it's a medium term conversation, but it's, it's, it's exactly the same thing. Like this applies completely to the situation with our listener. Pastors who need to legitimate their perspectives to their parishioners, to their members are going to end up hurting people they're going to end up mistreating people. They're going to end up putting doctrine or love of truth over love of individuals or loving your neighbor. We should not do that. That's not a Christian way to act. And particularly in this case where this individual has not only been part of the the church, but has been, you know, working to lead a small group, has obviously been very involved in the church. You've already got somebody that you could have that person saying, hey, I'm sticking around. So this is a great opportunity where there is disagreement between two people to focus on dialogue, not on dispute, not on trying to legitimate your perspective or prove a point or say the church sees it this way. We hope you will come to see it this way too. I, I don't I wouldn't even say that second part, because it's implied. If it's important enough for me as a pastor to come to you and say, hey, you know, I, I heard you Kind of you. You have this perspective, and you probably know the church has this perspective. My next point would be: I would love to hear more about that from you, and I would love to be able to share more of what we're thinking and where we're coming from. I'm wondering how that might. How what what ideas do you have? And of course, I've got some ideas of myself, of my own. If if I'm the pastor, you know, one of them might be: you've been doing a great job teaching a small group, you know, and. and I, uh, I would, if there are performance issues or issues with the person as a teacher of a a small group, that's a separate thing, right? But I'm assuming that everything's been going great and that we've got a doctrinal or, um, teaching disagreement, a disagreement on content, right? And if so, why not say to that person, I would, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to do your next small group on this area and dig into it with your small group. And I'd love to hear what you come up with. And I'm wondering if I can recommend a couple of books, one that, that that is that is focused on your point of view as I understand it, and another that's focused on basically what the church's perspective, as we would state it. Give them, give them, like... But... It, the... <laughs> I, I'm shaking. Go I'm, ahead. No, well... Do, do so you see where I'm coming from? I do
0: but there's i see one fatal flaw and that no. is my experience in evangelical Christianity conservative Christianity whatever you want to call it very broad brush is the church leadership the quote church is responsible for protecting the truth and mm-hmm. protecting doctrine mm-hmm. and holding to doctrine in other words, mm-hmm. that's one of their jobs. Because the unstated outworking of not holding to that is that um, the, the church will not remain true. And um, in other words, there are all kinds of I can't now that I'm thinking I can't enumerate what they be, but there's this, this sense that there's there are a number of different consequences or ramifications mm. if we deviate from the truth and Mm -hmm. i mean you could drop all kinds of politically loaded topics into this category either politically loaded or uh i don't know a long time ago when i was going to this one particular church it was all about the six literal days of creation and how you know Mm -hmm. genesis lays it out really clearly it's six literal days and if you can't take those six literal days from genesis you might as well just throw the rest of the bible out Mm-hmm. And so, but th- there was this real sense that um, there there wasn't another perspective on that. It was very clear. And mm-hmm. that if you didn't hold to that, there are all these other ramifications and essentially kind of the rest of your faith would fall apart. So, right. so when I hear this listener's situation and I think of that situation, I think, yeah, the the church, the leadership of the church is taking the perspective that, Holding to doctrine is very is highly important because if you don't it has all these other ramifications and things potentially fall apart or unravel if you know we start to say, well, this person leading this group, you know, they have a different view on creation than the rest of us do. But you know, that's fine for them and we have ours and in mm-hmm. other words, this kind of it's this it's this fear of this sense that that if we're not all on the same page and all believing the same thing, um, it's not going
1: to turn out well okay, I think you're right. I think there is a fear that if we're not on the same pa- all on the same page all on the same page or believing the same thing, it's not going to turn out well and I would question that fear number one, number two, believing the same thing, we don't all believe the same thing right <laughs> the broad strokes okay, you know if you're in a church. And if you're talking about believing that Jesus, that Jesus who is described in the Gospels is the Messiah as referred to in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures, that same Jesus as Messiah is the Son of God, that that one lived, acted roughly in ways described in the Gospels, died, was raised again, lives, with God and as God, as a member of, we might say, we would we, we call it in Christian theology the Trinity. If you're there, you have got a certain, that's the minimum degree of assent required, I think, for people to be part of the Christian church as those who adhere to it, as, as if you like, members or Christians. But some of these other points, although they're important, I don't think are deal breakers. Or where they become deal breakers is a is a question, right? When they become deal breakers. I think that's
0: the critical distinction. Because I think I think what, what has happened is is instead of delving into what are the deal breakers and what are the what aren't the deal breakers, it's kinda like you make everything a deal breaker so that there's kind of no room for error.
1: Well, how does that work out in a marriage? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, It it makes for a great marriage a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Put that into a life context, in a living context, (laughs) where people have to live and be together, and it's going to fall flat on its face. And no wonder there are so many churches in North America. I mean, there are credibility issues. There are people management issues. There are uh, issues about, you know in this this very situation i'm talking about needing to legitimate truth in in a certain type of way like if, is doctrine important yes but how and you know not every moment for example is a teachable moment and i know that with my kids i know that with my spouse i can't just go tell my spouse every time i think she's done something <laughs> wrong you no know, i really wouldn't have done it that way <laughs> Like, oh, oh, Are you, good. Are you, are you looking for an argument, Greg? Are you, are you looking to, to have problems? Like, Are you a moron? <laughs> and if you're a moron, when you do it with your spouse, why are you not a moron if you're a minister or pastor or a member of the leadership and you think that anytime you come across an issue, it's time to go and teach somebody about what their problem is, quote unquote problem is? That is not caring. That is not loving. That is setting truth above love. And I don't see Jesus doing that. I don't see the New Testament being about that. And also, we've got to bear in mind, Jesus has a particular, I'm searching for another less technical word, imprimatur. He's got a, 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 an authority that I don't have. and And I hope no minister thinks that they have. In fact, I hope no person thinks they have that kind of authority, right? I don't have the insight. And I don't have the role to be able to say, here's the problem. Da, 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 da. And you, of course, you don't always see Jesus acting like that, particularly interestingly, hilariously in this context. So ironically, he's talking to the religious elite. And what are we talking about? We're talking about the religious elite. We're talking about pastors and ministers and churches who, instead of seeking to dialogue, seek to, you know, potentially lay down the law. Or as this woman did, she wasn't trying to lay down the law with me. She needed to be legitimated she needed us not to come to her point of view perhaps but to say okay yeah you know that doesn't work for me but I can see why it would work for you and that 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 could be a good thing well I I don't believe that and I wasn't about to say that but also I could recognize after the three hour mark this woman's going to go all day I asked my friend the student I said how long do you think she would have gone how long do you think she would have kept talking he said she would have kept talking till dinner So, so the, the
0: distinction here also you're saying then with her approach was not only did she want you to understand her approach, but she wanted you to agree that it was right or that it was good or true
1: and you just could not get there. And, and she didn't necessarily want to change my mind. She wanted me to agree that her perspective was right enough that she should hold it. Uh, Okay.
0: Yeah. That's, that's. Yeah that's kind of a Yeah, there that's really interesting. Well, it's, it's interesting to me because there's a subtle there's a subtle line between acknowledging someone's point of view and saying, "Okay, I can see how you put 1 plus 1 plus 1 together and you get 3." Or I can see how for you 1 plus 1 plus 1 is 5 because of the way that you understand math. Mm. But so I can I can acknowledge your point of view and how you got to that conclusion but i can't agree with you so i stop there but but then to insist that i also agree that 5 is the right answer that's where it's gone too far is that am i, am I getting the nuance now
1: kind of yeah and i think i think the the the, the difficulty there is that you're using math and everybody <laughs> can see that 1 plus 1 plus 1 does not equal 5 and nobody's going to agree to that if they're sane and she was kind of working with a more a fluid approach to, Fair enough. this works for me. This is a good thing for me. I think it's a good thing for everybody, but maybe you don't see it that way and that's okay. And, I, and we were like, you know what? No, I, I don't think that's a good thing for, for anyone. me. I don't think it's a good thing for him. I don't think it's a good thing for you or anybody. Okay. And if you stick around, you know, no, but we didn't get to the point of if you stuck around long enough. I, I didn't want her to feel intimidated. No. I wanted her to feel free to keep talking, but. Again, I guess the comparison I want to make is I'm somebody with a graduate degree and who's done a lot of work in this area and put in a lot of years, and I'm not talking with a pastor. I'm not talking with somebody who's maybe sitting in a church that they run, or I'm even sitting in a coffee shop talking with a guy who runs the church, and I know when I go in there on Sunday that I'm talking to the boss, right? She's not the boss. She's just somebody who's here. But when you're talking to the minister, it's like talking to the boss. And that can be an extremely difficult thing for somebody. They don't have the tools. In other words, they don't have the training and the resources, the background. They don't have the time to dig in and say, you know, I don't really agree with this. The, the, would they even have the books, you know, to go and, and reference? I would hope in a church situation, if you have a parishioner coming to you that says, on this subject or that doctrine, I don't, I don't agree with you. I would hope you, as a minister, you've got two books for that person. One is, of course, your perspective. The other is a perspective that's not yours, that might align with theirs. Because you know what? You can tell them what to believe. That's not going to do very much at all. In fact, that only just keeps people in line. And once people start thinking for themselves, they realize that the church is uh, trying to control them, as opposed to trying to be honest with them and be open and Uh, allow them to think for themselves, which of course they're going to do anyways. That's the problem, Uh, you know, from that perspective. If you're trying to control people, they will think for themselves, many will. And they're going to see that if you're acting in ways that they think are controlling, they're going to leave because who wants to be in that situation? So I am positive and optimistic about church where ministers are not controlling, where they do not need to legitimate themselves above the need of the other party to enter into a dialogue, where they are willing to offer the opposite or another perspective from their own and say, you know what? You think this about the book, the Gospel of John, you're kind of seeing it this way. Cool. You know, h- have you done much reading on it? Okay, you've read this. Would you mind reading this? This is where I'm coming from. I'd be happy to discuss it with you. Or no, you haven't done any reading. Well, let me, let, would you be open to me digging up a couple of books? And, you know, and again, this takes some time.
0: This right. isn't easy. Right.
1: So if, 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 if you're the boss, if you're a pastor, uh, or if you're on the, uh, the management committee, if you're an elder or a deacon, part of your job is to take the time. If you're not taking the time, then once again, you're setting love of doctrine or truth above love of your neighbor. And that's not what I read in the New Testament. I kind of read it like this. Love God entirely. Love yourself rightly. Love your neighbor likewise. And I don't see doctrine, and I don't see, um, you know, our churches stand on this or that issue f- coming in there. I, I don't read that. So I think so that, that's where my that's where my back gets up. That's where okay. I think okay. to myself, you know, what I think you need to be as a parishioner. And then this is tough, right? Because the other hand, on the other hand, for the parishioner, I mean, it's the church's job to instruct. They're there to teach and hopefully as a minister, you can help your parishioners understand things better than they understood them before, right? So there is this tension. It's not all about gathering a bunch of people who say they're Christians. You know, the woman that I spoke with said she's a Christian. Her view of how to be a Christian and what that means and how she ends up treating people as a result are quite different from mine or the other person that was having the conversation. Now, in a church context, ultimately, you would want those things to be worked out, right? You would want to have those rough edges and those that lack of correspondence. You'd want to have those edges smooth and you want to have more correspondence. You want to have, my 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 hunch is, you'd want to have her saying, oh, okay, I can see this might cause some problems. Or yeah, you're putting me, I guess I'm kind of putting myself in a position where I'm either going to hold my views and say the Bible doesn't matter Or I'm going to say the Bible matters and that might threaten some of my views. Oh, I got to think about that. And I think, I think our listeners in the same, in the same spot too, right? The Bible might be saying things that might more corroborate the church's position than the listener's position. Maybe not, right? But I think it's, it's one is digging into the issues. But before that is how do you dig into the issues and even, and that's based on, What type of relationship is the church setting up with with this listener and with people like him or her? So I think that's answered well the
0: third question that I raised, which was how or I raised slash kind of came from this email. So that that question was, how can a person be involved in a local church when they hold different views? Can this be productive? I think you've Mm -hmm. answered that in a resounding fashion. (laughs) What I'm not sure we've answered very well, though, is what is the church? And what is a Christian's responsibility to that church? Those two mm-hmm. questions, kind of the first two questions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So in the remaining minutes, why don't you do that? I'm just kidding. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
1: do you have any thoughts off the top of your head, though? Well, I mean, I think that at the second question, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, the logic is you've got to define number one first before you go through the other ones. But No. I, no, I hear that. I hear that. But it, for me, or, or not for me, but a, as we're sitting in this conversation, I, it seems to me that we can talk about, you know, responsibility. I guess you're being responsible in one way to yourself and you're being responsible to others. Like this this notion of the church really has to come back down to, it from my perspective, I guess, you are a bunch of people who love God entirely, who out of that relationship with God seek who are being informed about how to love yourselves rightly and therefore try to love others in the same manner. So it's again, it's coming back to the greatest commandment then the second commandment. and you're a bunch of people for whom those two commandments are the top priorities. That maybe that's how I would define church. And what's my my responsibility in that type of context? I want to make sure that those two things can happen the way they should that love of God, which is God loving me, because that always comes first, and me responding back to God in love, and then me understanding who I am so that I can value myself rightly, i.e. I can love myself rightly, and then loving others, even as I have been loved by God. I would want, I think the Christian's responsibility is to facilitate that, not just facilitate it, but to help it thrive. And have you experienced, like, So setting LaBrie
0: aside, Mm. have you encountered or experienced this thing that you're describing that, that should be happening?
1: I don't think I've been in a church long enough for it to happen. I think I've been to a couple of churches that I just can't go to. For instance, I'm Canadian and, uh, i can't just go willy-nilly live in the u.s right i can't do that uh so i've been to one church two or three times in the boston area that i really thought was exceptional um and outside of and another church uh where i used to live in ontario i would say no though i really haven't had that i haven't been in a church like that and um I mean I don't know. I don't so know So that's there are...
0: where uh, yeah, and I I mean it was an I... honest question on my part, but as you as you're like, uh, there's kind of that silence that's where I myself have kinda of come to because and that's why I mm-hmm. don't find the the building with four walls that meets on Sunday or Saturday night. It just it hasn't worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think I've already established my position. It doesn't work for me, and so I'm not doing it. And yet, like I said, Mm -hmm. I feel judged by certain people or there are certain people that are, I think, worried about me and my family because we're not going to a building with four walls. Because if we did, then we would be getting fed in the way that we need to, To which I'd say, mm. (laughs) when we were going to the building with four walls, we were Coming home in a worse mood than when we went, so uh, (laughs) because we were frustrated by what was, yeah, we were frustrated by the by what was being said and our inability to interact with it, and
1: Mm. yeah, that's a big part, you know, because I think that's what this listener this this need for interaction, right? So I was having a conversation with a woman who was seventy and new to this place. If this was a pastor, I don't know how far that conversation would have gotten. Because I know that she felt, I could see by her body language, I could see a bit of distance. I had the sense that she felt a little bit put off. I think she felt confused that she was not winning us over. But if there are e- when there are egos involved, I didn't sense any ego involved with her. And she certainly didn't have a, a, a piece of ground that she had to lay claim of she she was brand new there but if if this is your church as a minister i mean there there are just oodles of opportunity for ego and for just an inappropriate sense of ownership to take over and to just trample people and he knew, you and i have talked about this before about people getting thrown under the bus you know there's not a lot of room on the bus but there's loads underneath when you do something <laughs> that deviates from the expected norm within churches it seems so incredibly easy for Christians to throw other Christians under the bus. You don't think the way I do. You, There's got to be something wrong with you. I, I can't hang out with you. You can't be part of this. And I'm not suggesting that that's what's going on with this listener, but I am arguing that that is uh, something that I've found to be very prevalent in Christian churches. So is there any way to end this on a
0: positive note? I'm just feeling like, man, we've we've just been real downers here. <laughs> Well,
1: you know, when you asked me that question, I just thought, oh man, I really want to, I want to be surprised. I I seriously want to be surprised. Maybe here's a way to end this positively. I would love it. I would, I would find this personally extremely satisfying and rewarding if listeners would just make a quick note about, you know, if you have a church that you really value or if if you've had had a positive experience, let us know, write it in. and and I, I, you don't have to mention the church. You can if you want to. But really, 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 what would be important is share your why experience. was it positive? Yes, yes. And you know, particularly what I'd like to know is this, this, this. I think might be our our divining rod, our 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 kind of watershed here. Not just hey, I went there and it all worked out well. But you know what? It didn't work out well. And here's what came as a result. And here's how they worked through. Whatever issues or tensions or disagreements, and and that worked out right. Not in the sense that we enjoyed the disagreements or you know we had fun with that, but that somehow out of a tough situation, there was able to be you felt heard, there was mutual understanding, and and you felt that it was productive. I would love to hear those types of stories. That that would make me feel great. No, that's totally yeah.
0: That is yes, and that's what we. That's really the goal here is to be constructive and to move things forward as opposed to, yes. Yeah. Wow, I like how that turned out. Yeah, me too. That feels a lot better. (laughs) I was was starting to feel like, oh, my goodness, what have we done? (laughs) There's no hope. Keep listening, though. Well, the spooky music means only one thing. This episode's over, but another one's on the way. Thanks for listening to Untangling Christianity. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So leave a comment at our website, untanglingchristianity.com slash 66. If you'd like to be notified by email when new episodes are released or other news, subscribe to our mailing list, also available in the right sidebar of the website. We welcome your questions, comments, or suggested future discussion topics by email. Send those to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. And if you're looking for just one more way to give feedback on the podcast, we're running a survey, untanglingchristianity.com slash survey. Music on this podcast is made available by Kevin McLeod over at incopatech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license thank him for his generosity by supporting him at his website tune in next week for a new episode